Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Faithfully Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Ship. I'm incredibly excited to be here. I'm especially excited to be here after all of the uh, the technical difficulties that we've had lately. Man, I had a computer go down, had a whole bunch of my audio files on it. So it took a long time, one, just to get the audio files off of a computer that was only staying on for about three minutes at a time. Finally got a new computer, got a new setup, absolutely ready to go, and super excited about a pretty big announcement that I have. It's an announcement in response to something that you guys have been asking for, and so really cannot wait um, to, to dive into this and to really be able to uh, share some of the stuff that we're doing and that we've got going on. Hey, if you know me, you know how much I love stories. Stories are what allow us to see the development in other people's lives. It gives us a window to why people think the way that they do, why they feel the way they do. And Faithfully Fit is all about stories because it's all about building relationships. It's sharing a little piece of me with you so that way you can be impacted by that. Maybe you're impacted by the story. Maybe you're impacted by how I respond to things, whatever it may be. So we're going to dive into that today. I'm really excited. When we come back, I'm going to let you know about exactly what it is we're going to be doing. So you just heard, I absolutely love stories. I love listening to people tell their stories. I love getting to share my story. I'm a storyteller. Uh, it's one of the ways in which I communicate is I tell stories. Um, I try not to make them take too terribly long, but sometimes they do. Uh, but here's the deal is you guys have asked for more content. And, and as I was trying to think about what does it look like to have more content, I've got a whole bunch of interviews that I've got stored up that we're going to be releasing. Uh, I'm really excited about those. I'm, I've got some amazing people to introduce to you guys and cannot wait to introduce them to you. I mean, these are people that are having an impact on people's lives. Um, they are really diving into their relationships and, and their relationships may look different than yours or mine, um, but they're still building those relationships. And that's a really cool aspect. But I was wondering, I was like, I, you know, I don't have the format, I don't have the structure to be able to do this deal where I'm, I'm basically, you know, putting out a podcast every two or three days with interviews. I just, I, I don't quite frankly have that time. I, I still have jobs to do. I still have things to do. I was like, how, how can I make this work? I, w- I would love for Faithfully Fit to kind of be a, a financially stable organization where I could make that my job, um, but it's not. And so I'm like, how is it that I can increase what I'm putting out? And I said, wait a second, you know what? is I, I talk about stories all the time and I love having other people tell tell their stories, um, but I have never really gotten an opportunity to share all of the stories that I have developed in Faithfully Fit over the last couple of years um, to, to to you guys, to the people that are that are interested in hearing those stories. And, and so what I'm gonna start doing is once a week, I'm gonna start doing, I guess, essentially just story time, where I'm gonna be telling all of the stories that have happened that have kind of led to this point within Faithfully Fit, within um, me and my travels, because man, there are some awesome stories uh, that I really cannot wait to tell you guys. And and so actually what we're going to start in today is I, I want to start talking about my London trip in 2020. So, so if you'll remember, let's go, let's, let's hop in the time machine, go way back. If you'll remember, 2020 is like the beginning of 2020 is right before the pandemic. So we have no inkling of what's going on at this point, right? 2019 comes, it's where 2019 is when I really first started to develop this concept of what it would look like to turn what it is that I do into um, effectively a ministry. And, and so for those of you that that 
are within the church realm, you kind of understand. For those of you not within the church realm, when I say ministry, keep in mind, I, yes, because of who I am, there is an aspect of my faith, but also just an opportunity to love on people, to talk to people, to care for people, to develop a relationship with them, to answer questions, to meet their needs when it's appropriate and when I have the resources and the abilities. Um, and, and so 2019 in San Diego, um, at the, the Le- Legends Masters Championship was where this really started to develop because I go out there and made these amazing relationships, talking to these people. And all of a sudden, after a couple of days, I start having some different conversations that were not kind of your surface level, who are you, where are you from? I mean, people started to find out, hey, I was a pastor. And so I started having people kind of reveal these these deep things to me. I mean, these things about having a, having a boyfriend that uh, an ex-boyfriend that was deep into the faith, but actually was also heavily into abusing drugs at that time and really tore apart their relationship. And so th- this this young lady that I was talking to had a very difficult time um, pulling apart that trauma from the concept, not not necessarily just of the church, but just of of Christ and of God in general. And and I I, I don't know. I, I We had a wonderful couple of conversations. It was awesome to talk to her about that. It was awesome to hear her story and hear her perspective and hear what she was doing now, how that really um, uh, turned her life around and upside down and backwards and 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 how she was recovering. And and so I didn't I didn't input too much into it. It was more about listening and answering her questions because she had some really deep questions. And so I had the chance to answer her questions. Um, and so from there, I started to be like, man, this is, this could be useful. This could be needed. I, I think maybe like a lot of you guys, I'm one of the people that um, I'm willing to think that whatever I have is not super special. Um, maybe that is a, it, maybe it's maybe it's humility. Maybe it's a false sense of humility. Maybe it's it's something more or less than either of those. But um, but where I go, you know, I'm sure there's other people that are reaching. I'm sure there's other people that are trying to. Um, interact in people's lives. So, you know, I mean, it, it, okay, fine. I, I go and I do this competition, but you know, whatever. Um, well, then after that, that was the year that the CrossFit Open was in October. So, you know, that was the year that, that they were transitioning um, all this crazy stuff with the Open and they wanted it to be later in the year, but earlier in the season. Um, uh, you know, for my CrossFitters, you understand what I'm talking about. If, if you don't, it was confusing. If, if you're not a CrossFitter, it was confusing to CrossFitters at the time. So I'm not going to try and take too much time to explain it. Just know that they massively changed the look of the CrossFit season. So we had the CrossFit Open, which qualifies you for further competitions in February. Then they have the games, um, kind of the culmination of all of this in August. Then they had another Open because they were kind of transitioning everything in October. So the one in October, I was as fit as I had ever been. Um, I had put on a little bit of weight from my lightest and, and so I was stronger, but I was still, I still had a great engine. I still moved well, um, finished really good. And, and actually one of the things that I had decided to sign up for kind of on the side that was running their concurrent qualifier with the CrossFit Games was strength and depth over in London. Now here's the deal. I had no thoughts about qualifying for strength and depth. Um, I did it. I don't know, honestly, I don't know why I did it. I think I just did it because I thought it would be fun to put my name up on the leaderboard and kind of play that game because there were several that were going on at this point. There was there was the Open, there was um, the Atlas Games that was going to be in Canada, there was the um, Strength and Depth in London, and so I was like, man, this would be cool to kind of play the multiple leaderboard game and see where you're falling, and and so we go out there and and having a you know I, I do the do the Open and it starts off really good. I I get my best score on the very first workout 
Um, and, and it was a, man, it was a brutal workout and I finished it. I did great on the very first go. So I didn't redo it or anything and started to see the scores come in and they were all coming in below, not all of them, but a lot of them were coming in below me. Realized I, I mean, I'd done really well. And then as the weeks went on, it continued to show that I had done really, really well in the open. And, um, so I'd done well in the open, but, but the coolest thing was as far as strength and depth was concerned, I actually was in the second qualifying spot. I was like, wait a second, I, I, are you telling me that of all the people that signed up for strength and depth, I qualified second overall? Really exciting. I, I, I mean, I was absolutely blown away, but it was also one of those like kind of in shock uh, for a while because, you know, it's London. Like, so I say it's London. Keep in mind, like I'm never, I've never been someone who traveled much. Okay. When I went to San Diego, that was a big deal for me. Um, now I've taken trips before and we've gone places and we went on vacation when I was a kid, but like just kind of one of these deals where like as an adult, finally, like, like as an adult, I had never really traveled anywhere. Um, you know, I, I started off my career as a, a college baseball coach and, and, and a fairly exploited college baseball coach. I was making $18,000 a year for the first six years of my career. And, um, and, and so we'd never, we'd never really got on a plane and gone anywhere or, or hopped in a car and driven a long way, partly because I hate driving forever. Um, but, but so, so going to San Diego was a big thing. And now the next, the next deal was I'm looking at this going, man, am I going to get to go to London? And, and so we make the decision that I was going to get to go to London. Um, you know, the, the, the invite comes through and I've got to, I've got to say yes or no. And so me and Tiffany, my wife, we talk and I say yes. Um, and from that point, oh my gosh, you, you wanted to, it was just, it was wild. I mean, it was wild to, to go from this person who'd never really traveled to now I'm getting on a plane in a little while. I'm going to London. Um, now this is in January of 2020. Okay. So January, 2020. So we're just starting to hear about whatever this is that's going on in China. Um, this virus that is scaring the heck out of everybody. Um, but it's like, okay, so, but you know, okay. I, I mean, it's in, it's in China. It's no big deal. Um, I remember, so I'm, I'm going to get on the plane. So all the planes that were leaving that were direct flight from, um, from Austin to London, which I was amazed that there were direct flights from Austin to London, but um, they all left at like nine o'clock at night, right? So I go and I get there. Uh, at that point, the the airport is not really busy at all. I'm walking through the airport. I actually remember making a joke to my wife. Um, I'm, I'm walking through the airport and I see a person wearing a mask, right? And I make a joke. I like I call my wife and I start making a joke about it um, because you know I, you don't think anything's gonna come of it, right? Like it, like it's like oh you're wearing a mask. You know how how many miles are we away from away from China, right? Um, but it's like, oh my gosh. And, and, and so it's funny to look back on that now, especially cause I'm gonna tell you this much. I think later in the week, I think I got COVID and, and I'll get to that in, in the stories. I thought it was, I thought it was jet lag. Keep in mind, I've never had jet lag before cause I'd never traveled anywhere that would cause me to do that. Um, so I thought it was just jet lag and, and honestly the world didn't really know about anything at that point, but I'm telling you, I think I had COVID based on a recent experience where I did get COVID and the way that I felt then, the way that I felt in London. Anyway, I'll get to that in a little bit, but, um, uh, so, so I go and I get on the plane and I, I mean, you wouldn't talk about a, a unique experience. I've first off the longest plane flight I'd ever been on was like three hours. Like it was literally, it was like the plane flight to San Diego was like the the longest plane flight I'd ever been on. And now I'm getting on a plane that I'm going to be on this dang plane for, um, I, I mean, it's going to be for, for like what, what was it? Eight hours, um, which felt like an eternity. So I get on the plane and first off, there's nobody on this plane. Um, it's this huge plane, biggest dang plane. I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there's, I mean, cause it's one of those deals. There's like, 
there's like three three sections of or two sections. The outside sections are rows of three or aisles of three, um, and the middle section had four, right? Four or five, and and just absolutely huge. Um, and and then and but then there was also like throughout the plane. There's like five sections throughout the plane. And, and so it was, I mean, just this most gigantic plane, but there, it felt like there was nobody on it. There's a lot of people on it, but it felt like there was nobody on it because you were so spread out. Like I literally got an entire row of seats to myself, which was really cool. Um, before I get on the plane, no, no, I'm sorry, not before I get on the plane. I had planned on taking like some, uh, what was it? Maybe Advil PM that I'd taken or whatever. Um, so I get on the plane and, and we go, we take off. And first off, I, you, you just want to talk about this it, it was it was it felt dumb to be giddy about this, but I get on the plane and the people that are working the plane, it was it was run by it was American Airlines, but it was run by British Airways. And so everybody on there is British. And so they have the accents. Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, so I dive in from the very moment I get on the plane and they're walking on. Now I, I promise you, I promise you that as I'm telling all of these stories, I'm gonna do my best not to uh, try and do that accent because it's, it's terrible, but, but it's funny. So we hop on and, and I mean, they're saying hello and I'm talking to, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Well, so then, um, they start doing the announcements and there's a guy that has, it's, I mean, kind of a, uh, maybe an Irish accent. Oh, that was hilarious. Um, and, but it was just, it was so cool. Like it, I, I say hilarious. I mean, it was, it's, it's hilarious thinking back. Cause I just had this big goofy goofball grin on my face. Right. Uh, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is really happening. Yeah, it's, it's one of those deals. Like you're like, I can't believe this is actually happening now. I'd never pictured myself getting on a plane and flying, you know, across the world. And now here I am doing it and I'm, I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to be one of 10 competitors at this competition. Oh my gosh. Well, and so, um, so we go, they, they serve the meal, we get up, we take off and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching a movie or something. I've got an entire row to myself. I'm like, man, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna lay down. I'm gonna fall asleep. It's gonna be amazing. Um, and, and so we eat, um, it was some kind of chicken curry thing to this point, never had curry in my life. Um, and I, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's airplane food, so it wasn't absolutely amazing. I will say though, they did have this brownie pudding cup thing. Oh my gosh, that was to die for. It, it's still, I can still remember how good it tastes. It was amazing. Um, and so, so after dinner, I'm like, okay, cool. Time to take my Advil peanut. Cause keep in mind, I mean, at this point it's like 1130. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sleep all the way over there and I'm going to wake up. And when I wake up now, keep in mind, I mean, there's a time change and, and you're actually going forward. So, you know, it's like, it's like eight hours. And so I'm, it's going to feel like it's like 4am or 5am, but really it's going to be like 1pm. But I was like, okay, no big deal. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to sleep. And then when I wake up, it'll be like, I took a really long nap. Right. Um, so I take this Advil PM, but I'm so excited. Like I, I'm like a little kid. I'm so excited. Even with dang Advil PM in my system, I can't go to sleep. I think I fall asleep for 30 minutes, maybe. I, I'm, I mean, boy, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like it even gets to the point where, so I turned off, like there were some movies and TV shows. And, and so I actually turned it off and I turned on like, uh, like, like, uh, planet earth. Right. So, you know, just kind of the, the, the soothing voice of the guy and the animals and everything. And I cannot go to sleep. Um, I get up, I go to the restroom and, um, it was kind of cool because, you know, now they're like, oh, you know, in, on planes and I say now, I mean, in my experience, at least, um, you know, it's always, you know, don't, you know, don't, uh, um, 
when you're when you're going to the restroom, when you're done, you go back, you sit down, everything. Then I go back there, and people are just standing, talking to the flight attendants. Not, I mean, maybe it's different because it's such long flights or whatever. But I mean, man, I mean, the flight attendants are standing there talking to you. They're not uh, hurrying you back to your seat. They're having a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, but but like I said, I mean, so I keep trying to go back to sleep. I cannot go back to sleep. Eventually, I give up. I watch a movie. Um, and then the plane starts to land. The plane lands, and I get into London. We're, we're, we're flying to Heathrow. All right, and, and I get into London and get my bags and everything, and I've set up a car to pick me up and take me to where I was staying. See, where I was staying was an interesting thing, too, because Heathrow is, is like kind of like near London proper, I guess is, is what I would call it. Um, like it's, it's where, when you think of London, all of the things in London, like that's where Heathrow is. It's real close to all of that area, all of the tourist stuff, all the places to stay. But this, the, the place that, that we were actually competing at was all the way across London, like on the other side, like Heathrow's like on the far, um, the far west, not the far west side, but, but it's on the west side of London. This place is all the way on the far east side. Um, and it's a long way over there, right? So, uh, so I've got a car because I, I was like, one, I'm going to be exhausted anyway. I'm really glad I got a car, first of all, because um, let me tell you something. You just think that like driving on the other side of the road is not going to be that big of a deal. It's like, oh, it's just the other side of the road. Oh my gosh. I, I was tripping out the whole time. One, just driving on the wrong, wrong side of the road felt so weird. But man, like on ramps were in the wrong places. They were going there. I like, I don't think I would have been able to process all that, especially not as tired as I was, but just in general. Right. And, and then, um, the roads are so different there too. Like they just, the way that intersections work and the way that like like you would have two roads that were like coming from the same direction but because like i don't know like a half a mile back they'd like come from different like like places like they wouldn't merge together immediately like there'd be a a a, a median between them almost and and it they would sort of be going in different directions like one might be heading like a true east and one would be just a couple of degrees off of that true east as it's coming and so it'd be like 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 East, 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 northeast, right? Um, if that makes any sense to anybody, but um, and and so as you come, but then then there's different lights, and it's like I don't know which light to look at, and so yeah, I, I'm I'm really glad that I had them drop me off here. So we're driving forever, right? Because um, it's a long way across. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, it's a, it's a massive major city. You can imagine if you're, I don't know, pick whatever massive major city is near you, and say, okay, I'm going to start on the far west side and drive to the far east side. How long that would take you, um, having to go right through the middle, go traffic, do around, whatever it looks like, right? Well, so we go and I get to, I get to the place that I'm supposed to stay, um, and it was it's just a neighborhood place because so so the event center that we're at, this huge convention, it is like one of the biggest convention centers in the world. It's unbelievably big. Like it would, it took me like 30 minutes to walk from one end of it to the other end at like a normal walking pace. It, it was it was unreal how big this place is. It's just so like you can see it from a map. Like if you go to Google Maps, you take a look at this place, you're just like, this is unbelievably big, right? And so we're, we're down there and, and I found a Airbnb right next to the place. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. And, and so um, the interesting part about this Airbnb, keep in mind, never really traveled much before. Anytime I'd gone somewhere, I stayed in hotels, I've, but I'm going to be there for like five nights. So I'm like, man, staying in a hotel for five nights and having to spend, you know, umpteen hundreds of dollars, like, boy, this is going to be tough. Find this Airbnb, never stayed in Airbnb before. 
and it's got, I mean, like a 4.99 star rating. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, what I didn't realize is that the star rating didn't really work the same way that like a star rating at a hotel does, right? Like, I'm not saying I expected the Four Seasons, but the star rating is more talking about where the people on time, did you get what you wanted, you know, that type of stuff. It was not really talking about, you know, like how nice is this place. Well, so I get there, and, and first off, they say, okay, check in. Is it like 3 o'clock? like, okay. I get there at like, I don't know, 2.45. Um, you know, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm in London. Get dropped off at the curb. I don't know what, like, like even their addresses, are. they work way differently than ours. They're a combination of letters and numbers, and it's like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on. And, and I'm, I'm just in the middle of this neighborhood. Like, like this is not a place where, like, I can go walk and sit down and have a cup of coffee. Like, I don't know anything around me. There's just a bunch of houses on the, on the other side of the street. There's a school. And then, yeah, on the other side, I can see this huge convention center. But I'm like, I, I don't know. I got nothing. So, so I'm, I, I try and get in. They say, you know, that, that like, there's going to be a, a key at this one place. There's no key right there. I'm not, in, like, like, the driver says, yeah, that's it. I'm not entirely sure that's it, though. I mean, the driver was nice and helped me out, but I'm not entirely sure that I'm at the right spot. So I'm a little bit worried, kind of send the guy a message. I don't hear back or nothing. Um, and then about 10 minutes later, the door kind of, like, sort of halfway opens. I'm just kind of sitting on my bag, hoping that at some point somebody shows up to this house to let me in. Um, and he kind of looks at me and, and, and he goes, why are you here? It's like, uh, I think that this is my Airbnb. He goes, you're early. It's like, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, my plane got in, the guy drove me here. He dropped me off. Like, I I don't know what I'm supposed to. And so eventually, um, he, he lets me in, he lets me in and he shows me the room and he walks me up to the room. And, and like, it's like you open the door and there's stairs right in front of you. And so he's kind of points, he goes, that's the kitchen. And then we just keep walking up. Um, like we, we don't like, like, I mean, there's not really a tour or nothing because it's not a big place, but we walk up the stairs and he says, okay, this is your room. And he just, he, he, he just walks away. He just turns around and walks. Apparently this isn't the owner. This is like the owner's cousin or something. And so I'm like, okay. Um, and so I go, I go to open the door to my room. I can't open the door all the way because of the bed. So keep in mind, the bed of this room is essentially taking up the entire room. It's like a queen size bed, maybe a full size bed. It's like taking up the entire room. So I shimmy in there, I pull my luggage in, put it down. Anytime that I wanted to get in or out, I had to stand on top of the bed and open the door so I could get out, right? Um, so so I do that. Um, I go and I take a shower in what has to be a tub from the 1700s. I mean, it was it was it was difficult just trying to figure out how to work it. First of all, um, it wasn't like it was crazy. You know, it just it was just so old. And I was like, okay. So then um, I I get done take a shower, go back to the room, and, and I'm like, okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go downstairs. I'm gonna take a look. I'm gonna go walk around the neighborhood, take a look. I mean, because keep in mind, we're still talking. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon at this point. Um, and so I get I get down. I get on my bed. Open the door get out, close it, lock it behind me. I go down and I look in the kitchen and and the kitchen was not really anything to be overly impressed with. It was hands down the filthiest most disgusting kitchen I've ever seen in my life. You know those you know those counters that like something has been left on them and it gets sticky? Like all of the counter was like we're talking every single counter space in this kitchen was like that. It was so gross. And so I'm like, okay, um if I was like, I'm going to check out what's here to see what I can go and purchase. Because he would kind of told me where there was like a grocery store. He goes, uh, there's, a, there's a Turkish grocery store down here. Now, I didn't know what Turkish grocery store meant. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't realize what it was until I actually got to this grocery store. Um, Turkish grocery store meant it was like people like run by Turks, um, Turkish people. I'm not sure if that's if I'm supposed to say it that way or not. I, I'm not sure, but it was run by Turkish people. Um, and oh my gosh. Um, anyway, so before I get to that, though, I got, I got to continue to tell you about this story or about the kitchen. So I'm, I'm digging through the kitchen to figure out, okay, what do they have? Pots, pans, like what do we got? First off, one spoon in the entire apartment, one spoon. I, I mean, I, and when I say, I mean one spoon, could not find anything else. Um, I'm opening drawers and like um, one drawer I open, there's a bunch of pots and pans in there. But as I go to look, I realize, oh, wait a minute. They're like pots that are full of like, I don't know, grease or something. I don't know what it was. But I was like, okay, close that. Not going to use those. An another drawer had a bunch of uh, like potatoes or sweet potatoes in it. But the problem was, was it had like, like you know how when you, you have a potato that's been sitting too long that it gets like, like those sprouts? It had sprouts that were as big as the potatoes. So I don't even know how long those potatoes had been sitting there. But there are these sprouts that are, th th are these potatoes that are just, I, I mean, these monstrous, monstrosity-looking things. It was, it was ridiculous. I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I'm like, okay, clearly I need everything, everything. So I'm going to go to this Turkish grocery store. Keep in mind, okay, I'm from the middle of Texas. So grocery store to me is um, H-E-B. Uh, and I know not everyone is from Texas, and everyone has H-E-B, but think about what your most, you know, your, your basic popular grocery store is. Um, H-E-B or like, like a Walmart Supercenter, right? So this is what I'm thinking. I go, hey, this Turkish grocery store is literally, it's like, it, it looks like a, um, like a, like a, corner store food mart. It, one, that's about how big it is. They have everything absolutely stuffed in there. So that way when you're walking, like you literally have to like walk down aisles like sideways. Like like you your your chest has to be facing the aisle you're looking at because they have everything so stacked in there that you can't like turn in the aisle. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. The other problem with this place is I couldn't read half of it because it wasn't written in English. I was like, oh man, this is going to be bad. Like, I'm going to get something. I have no idea what I'm going to get. I, I tell you what, I wind up getting the most basic things that I can recognize as soon as I like, okay, that's definitely chicken. I'll say I'm not entirely sure it was chicken, but I, I was pretty sure that it was chicken. Man, I, and I get, you know, and I get a couple of seasonings and stuff. But also, I'm not the world's most ingen like, like, uh, ingenuity, ingenuitous in, I don't know. what I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a great cook, and I'm not great at, like, cooking without having some sort of recipe. And so the fact that I was trying to get all this stuff, I, like, I didn't even know what I was doing, <laughs> okay? I, I had, so I had a friend who'd competed at Strength and Depth the year before, and I, I called her and I asked her, I was like, hey, what do you recommend in terms of like what's around? She said, make sure you are prepared with food. She goes, there's no food around there. Um, so you need to make sure. And so I was like, okay, so I bought chicken, I bought rice. Keep in mind, I was going to be there for like five days. And I walk out of the store with like chicken and rice. Like I'm going to eat chicken and rice for five straight days. Um, I guess I, I think I had some eggs too. I don't know. Um, but man, it was, and it was so tough. It was so uncomfortable because like when you walk into this store, um, there, like I said, no room and you walk in and there's like a bouncer looking dude, literally right in front of you, big guy. And this dude is straight out of like a 1990s mob, like Boston mob looking movie. The dude is wearing a two colored jumpsuit. Like, like, like we're talking about jumpsuit. I mean like, like zip up. Uh, windbreaker and and like it matches top bottom he's got these big old gold chains that he's wearing and he just kind of looks at me well you know, me i mean it's me so i look at him i smile I say, hey how are you and he just kind of grunts like grunts and kind of 
I, I, I'd sort of nod, but he just more kind of bounces his shoulders. Like, okay. Um, well, and, and so then as I'm leaving, so I'm leaving as they are, as they, as there's a school that is getting out. So there's, there's, there's a, another high school that's close to this place. I say high school. I'm not even sure how, much, how old these kids were, but, um, they get out. Well, then they walk in. Well, so here's the deal. The, the main reason that guy is standing there is because when these kids walk in, they have to give him their money for, I, I guess what the deal is, it looked like they had some kind of arrangement where you walked in, you gave him your money, and you got to go get a piece of candy and leave. Um, and so that's what it was, man. They went and they gave him their money. And, and, and like, he didn't give change back or nothing, so I guess you had to have correct change or whatever. Um, and so that's, that's how that worked. Well, so I'm trying to get through this sea of kids in this, in this tiny little store. Oh, my gosh. So finally, get back to the apartment. When I walk in to, I'd say the apartment, the house, but uh, kind of an apartment because there are three, three rooms upstairs um, that were all rented out. I get back to the house and, and I walk in and there is this huge beefy looking dude that is uh, in the kitchen like making a sandwich or something. And, and I look at him and, I, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, he could be from wherever. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, what's up, man? I mean, just like that. Hey, what's up, man? No, no accent, no nothing. I said, oh, hey, how are you? Um, and and, and I was, it was just weird. And so I, I, I go, hey, man, are you, uh, I mean, he, I mean, this dude is fit as all get out. I go, hey, man, are you, you here for the competition? He goes, yeah. Are you? I was like, yeah, I am. Um, you know, and so we kind of talk and he's in the age group right above me. His name's Tony Kurz. Um, you've heard me talk about him before, probably. Love Tony. Maybe the funniest human being alive. I mean, genuinely, I, I, there are stories that that dude will tell that I just, they just make me cry. I'm laughing so hard. Like listening to, to Tony tell the story of the one spoon is just glorious. Um, but, but, you know, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, so we're talking and we're, you know, so it was so nice to sit there and talk to him and get to know him. Um, one, I instantly felt better because there is a guy who's going to be doing all the same things that I'm going to be doing, staying in the apartment with me. Now, I wish I would have realized sooner that basically, basically I should have just followed him around everywhere I went. Like, like I should have followed him around. I should have done everything that he was going to do. I didn't at that point though, because one, I didn't want to seem like I was tagging along and bugging him. Um, cause keep in mind, I'm still like a 36 year old adult. Like I don't want to feel like I'm just the little kid that's following you around everywhere. But in retrospect, I should have been the little kid following Tony around everywhere. Um, and so, so that was awesome. That was, it was great. Um, we go over to the venue. We get a chance to take a look at the at the, the this giant convention center and the venue. Man, we check in. Um, and 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 so there was this, all this excitement that was going around. It was so great. Um, and and so we're going to start competing the next day. Um, like I didn't get there like a day. I, I get there a day early, but but like I didn't I didn't put a bunch of time in between because I, I I never really traveled before. I never really traveled and competed, and so it was one of these deals where it was just like, all right, let's go. Now I was going to stay for a day afterwards. I mean, I did stay for a day afterwards, so like, that's kind of where I put the time, like my free time there. Um, and, and so uh, man, but it was you know it it, it was like all right because I was like okay I'll get you know I'll do that and I'll I'll get there and wake up and and you know I'll sleep and feel better and and I'll be good right. Oh man, so. I don't really get a great, a great meal that day. Like it just doesn't really happen all that well. Um, and, and so, uh, that was bad going into the next day anyway. Um, but so, so we're, we're going into the next day. So the next day was the first day of competition. All right. 
always the first days of competition are always weird because you're trying to feel out the guys that are around you. You're trying to meet people and make friends, but you never know like who's like who's going to be there to have a good time, who's there to be super serious, and like they're going to kind of like push back against you and. Um, which nobody was like, that's the deal is, is it always winds up. No one actually is like that, but it's just like, if I perceive that you're like that, like I kind of stand back and stand away from you. And so it's all of these things that go together with this. Um, but we get there for the first day. Don't really know anybody. Um, I know Tony and so me and Tony are hanging out. Um, but you know, we're, we're kind of, we're just trying to figure it out. The very first event we had was, um, I, I don't even remember how far it was, maybe like a 3k or a 5k run something like that well so i was coming off of a calf injury like it was this calf thing that i could not get over it was like it would heal and would feel great like like we're not just saying like we'd kind of get to a point where it was usable i mean like it would feel phenomenal and i'd be doing some stuff and then all of a sudden i'd just be i'd be running or i'd be doing a jump or something like i'd feel it and it would go immediately um and so oh, it was so frustrating so it comes out that the very first event is this run outside like that it's, it's just a run there's nothing else to it and i was like well you know what this is one of those deals that i'm just going to kind of cash it in because um i i'm gonna i'm going to try and stay healthy for the rest of the competition you know okay does it mean i'm gonna win no um and 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 at that time, I mean, there was a guy that has, uh, he was a games caliber, games caliber or a games quality athlete um, in my division, James St. Leger, and he was just killing it. Um, I'll say, actually, I've never asked him how you say his name, if it's St. Ledger or St. Leger. Um, I guess I kind of assume St. Leger, but I don't know. Um, but but he's and 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 I know I mean he's just killing people and and I mean even in the in the qualification I don't know if anybody beat him in anything I finished second and um, but I I didn't come close to him on any score so I was like okay so so we go and and you know we're going and, and first off it could not have been any more perfect for this run because first off we're running on the Thames which was really cool not on the Thames but there's a sidewalk that goes next to the Thames but also oh my gosh it was like I don't know mid 50s and misty and cloudy and some people will be upset by that but I, like dude if i go to london like if i go to london i want it to be foggy i want it to be misty and drizzling i want it to be cool like and so it was really cool getting a chance to run on that or run during that and but like i said i mean i just i just phoned it in and and so i finished ninth in that 10 people in our in our event but the deal was we were running with like three other age groups so I didn't actually know because once again, I, I really don't know anybody at this point. I didn't actually know. So I, I feel kind of dumb that I finished ninth. I was like racing somebody for like the last, I don't know, I, I don't know, 200 yards um, and really pushing it. And oh my gosh. But you, but the problem was, was it, was, it wasn't anybody that like, it wasn't even in my division. There was somebody else like, oh, I didn't have to do that. Um, but you know, we finished and it was cool. And so we stick around and then we watch the pros go. And so that was really fun. Um, and then we go back inside, and and now we're starting to, you know, you get that that first first uh, group jitters, that first event jitters out of your way, and so now everybody's a little bit more willing to talk. 
Um, started to see there's a lot of a lot of uh, I guess in the CrossFit world the the celebrities you know there were the people that were the the rich phony, Fronings and Matt Frazier's and you know Tia Claire Toomey was there watching and you know so so there's some really big names and, and so that was fun to be back in the back and have them there I was I was doing my best to keep the distance um, I kind of recognized that like back in the athlete area um, that's really where you people go to unwind and and you really don't need to be walking up bugging people now I was seeing people walking up bugging them and I was like oh, I can't believe they're doing that but uh, so that was cool. I mean, when it was, it was just fun to be in that environment, to be in that event, um, and and not just like be there as a spectator, but to be there as a competitor was so cool because you're you're there with all of these people that you've watched on TV, and and you're competing with them around them. I was never on the floor with them at the same time, but you know you're you're competing in the same events essentially. Um, you're competing in in the same venues, and it it was so cool. Um, and so there was a, a long gap. So we ran in the morning, then there's a long gap before our, our next event. So we only had two events on the first day. And so I, I'm walking around, I'm kind of looking at the vendors and seeing one of the more humorous <laughs> instances I'm going and there is, um, there's a barber, like it's pretty cool. There's a bar. He's got a barber chair. He's got a barber set up, man. He's got a whole bunch of products and stuff, you know? And so here I am with my beard and my mustache and, and my beard was not, I will admit my beard was not quite like it is now. Um, it was kind of wild, man. Now that I go back and look at it, like I had some really long stringy hairs just going everywhere, but, but I got my mustache and, and he says something to me. Now, anyone who knows me well enough to talk to me a lot knows that like in crowds, I don't hear all that well. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, I can't, I can't, like it's like all volumes are the exact same. So like even if I'm staring at you, I have a hard time hearing you. Well, and so this guy's saying something. He's got an accent. And so I look at him and I, I, I kind of pause. I'm like, ah, and I go, I, I'm sorry, what'd you say? And he says something else. Ah, uh, and so eventually I just kind of go, okay, sounds good, man, and walk off. I really wanted to stand there and talk to him, kind of find out what he was doing, um, but I could not understand him. I don't know if it was his accent. I don't know if the, it was how loud the place was because it was loud. I mean, there were thousands of people there. It was a lot of fun, but, um, and so that was really cool, uh, really cool. So we go, and, and so now I'm starting to talk to some more people, and I I, I got a chance to, to talk to people that I actually, I made... I made really good friends with. Um, I still talk to him to this day, and and so that was that was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun. Louis McMaster was one. Uh, Louis was you know if you if you saw anything of my stuff from last year, Louis was at the games as a master last year. I went up to Wisconsin, got a chance to see him up there. That was so much fun. But I got to know uh, Louis there. That was so cool getting to compete with him and talk to him and just get to know him as the weekend went on. Um, like I said, uh, James, James was an incredible competitor. I say incredible competitor. He just, he kicked the living daylights out of all of us. Um, and, and did it amazingly though. It was, it was interesting talking to James though. Um, as, as like right before the final event of the first, no, it's after, after, I'm sorry, after the, the, the final event of the first day. So I'll tell you, before I tell you what James said, I'll, I'll kind of tell you what was, uh, um, uh, about the last event. So the last event was a sprint. It was, um, it was Fran, but it was with dumbbells. So Fran is 21, 15, nine with pull-ups and thrusters. Uh, thrusters is, you know, a bar in the front rack. You go, you squat all the way down and then you stand up and in one continuous motion, you push the bar all the way above your head. Well, but this one was with dumbbells. So it was a squat down with dumbbells, stand up, press them over your head. It really raises the level of difficulty. 
Um, and so I take second in the event. Uh, James obviously finishes first. I take second, uh, feeling really good. Man, I go out there and uh, that was awesome to take second place. You know, ninth in the first event, second in the in the the next event. Really fun. Um, and so I'm talking to James afterwards, and you know, we were kind of talking. We were talking about the first event, and and you know, I was kind of telling about my calf, and then he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, I was I was really looking. I was looking at the leaderboard, and it looks like it's you, me, and and I think maybe he said Chris. Um, but he named somebody else and, and he goes after that, you know, we'll kind of see how it falls. And I was like, oh man, so here's this guy who's, who's, he's a games level athlete, you know, kind of putting me in, in, in his category. Uh, in retrospect, he's probably just being nice, but, uh, but that was really cool. That was really cool, especially cause I'd kind of pushed him on that, that last event, which was so much fun. Um, to have that opportunity. And, and so that was cool. Uh, um, the, the Chris that, that I think he was referring to, his, his name's Chris Cothland. Cothliff. <laughs> Good grief. Um, another another guy, I, st- I still talk to him fairly regularly. That's a ton of fun to get a chance to message him. And um, it's always interesting to see, I mean, because he's killing it, man. He's you know winning dang championships over in, in England right now. That's a lot of fun to see um, how well he's doing. But but so cool that to wrap up day one, like coming out of day one, I already had this really awesome feeling about these guys. Um, and, and so this was not super late in the day. I mean, we're, I think we're probably talking about three o'clock now. CrossFit events have a tendency to end on the first couple of days a little bit earlier. The second day or the first day a little bit earlier. The second day usually goes a lot longer. But um, so it's about three o'clock. And so I leave. Um, I, this was at a point where I still hadn't made enough friends to like go eat somewhere with anybody. I also noticed that nobody actually stayed where we were staying. We found out that everybody else was staying like in London. Like they were getting on the train. Like this place, the this conference center was so big that it actually it had two train stops in it. Um and and so people would they just go hop on the train and then they'd go into London and they'd go to the place they were staying, which were much nicer places than ours. And so um so it was unique. Um, but you know, I, I go back and, and man, I think I had like a Subway sandwich, like a Subway meatball sandwich. Cause this is a huge place and it had all these places to eat, but, but like, it was very difficult to find carbs. Um, like, you know, I, I say in, in this place, I'm not saying that you can't find rice in London, but I mean like, like in, in this, this convention center, like it had several restaurants, but it was hard to figure out like what they served. And, um, there was a lot of like greasy fast food type stuff. There was just a couple of actual restaurants. Um, but one, they were super expensive. And, and then two, I didn't really get the lay of the land until like the last day. Didn't realize there was a ton of restaurants that were like on the other side of the venue. Like, Oh, what a moron. Right. Um, and, and so just kind of go and, um, uh, now we've got the, the last, the last part of the first day is over. I actually went, I went back to the, the, the apartment and wound up falling asleep until like 10 o'clock, uh, because I was absolutely exhausted, not just from the competition, but from the travel as well. Um, woke up, ate, uh, did a few things, went back to sleep. Uh, so slept pretty hard. And then um, was in for the rude awakening of a lifetime coming up. Okay, um, and so I'm going to save that for next time. This is already going to be a long podcast. I'm, I'm not even that far into this full story, right? Then um, we still have several days of competition and travel left. Um, so we're going to hold off until next week. We will continue our story. Um, we'll try and wrap up the rest of the weekend from Strength and Depth all kinds of stories, got some humorous ones. Um, one of them involves Tony carrying a giant size check as he goes and gets on the subway. Absolutely hilarious. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, then thank you so much for joining me. Hey, don't forget to go check out our website, faithfullyfitcf.com. 
dot com. Uh, you can get there through our Instagram page. We've got a link there, or you can just go directly. Would love for you to check us out. Check out um, the the membership options. And take a look at maybe some ways that you could be involved or that you can just get more um, more content. I uh, would love for you to go back and look at everything you want to look at. So, ladies and gentlemen, cannot wait to share our, our next interview series that comes up. Cannot wait to share our next stories that I've got coming for you. Hey, and until then, stay faithfully fit. Stay faithfully fit.